bruce willis was dead the whole time there were two killers luke that's your daddy the robot did it snake was a good guy he really wasn't cheating they was in purgatory the whole time what everybody dies verbal kent is kind of so safe they killed old yellow oh my god everybody in this Tyler Perry movie got AIDS spoiled movie reviews hey welcome to another episode of spoiled movie reviews on the blackout tips premium podcast network i'm your host rod joined as always by my co-host karen and we are here to review a movie you either seen don't ever plan on seeing or don't care about it spoiling because we spoiled the movie uh today's movie is mission impossible dead reckoning part one uh but we also went to the theater to see this we did almost didn't make it but i'm glad we did we got stuck in a little bit of traffic uh first of all the start time was at 3 p.m in the afternoon because for some reason a they've done away with the four and four thirty times around us right they's like fuck it six and you're like child what about movies stuck in those six o'clock traffic but also it's two uh it's tuesday right so like it's very different mission impossible decided to have a five-day opening weekend or opening week i guess right (laughs) um and so some people i know have even seen previews last week but for us this is the first publicly available showtime in our area where we could go see the movie mm-hmm. and so we just said let's do it because you know twitter it'll ruin and, and spoil everything if you yes. wait too long yes they will and i like to be on twitter i'm not i don't like to have to be off twitter for five days till i can see a movie um so we got there uh even though there was bad traffic and stuff we ended up getting there basically on time mm-hmm. um and this was interesting there were only three trailers that we saw yes now the thing is we got there pretty close to start time i when i write down these trailers i note the time on my watch every time it the average movie has somewhere between 20 to 25 minutes of trailers before the movie starts yeah and it's unless it's like a kid's movie a lot of times they don't do it because kids attention span is a lot shorter um but even sometimes with that it get kind of lengthy where y'all like wrap this shit up and this is at amc i know regal they show less trailers yeah. and all this stuff but in this movie they only showed three trailers oppenheimer we've already told y'all about mm-hmm. and then two new trailers killer of the flower moon which is about the osage i think it's osage osage county or something like that uh killings which is about these native americans who came into a lot of money they were given this land that they were given <laughs> anyway they were put they got they had some land that were, that white people thought was valueless turns out it was gold in them their heels and they ended up being rich from the oil trade and white people couldn't let that stand so then there were a, a spate of murders just mysterious deaths of all these different people indigenous people that had basically all this money and land and white people just happen to keep coming up into the money and the land so Mm. uh scorsese's doing this crime so this is a real story yeah so scorsese i think is directing this crime flick starring leonardo dicaprio and robert de niro it's gonna be some acting yeah so i i mean it looks interesting it'll probably get great reviews i hope it's good and uh you know i might check it out karen thoughts on that one 
oh it looked interesting but i know me I, i'm not gonna watch it and the last one was bob marley one love which is a bob marley biopic care oh I'm, I'm not gonna watch that yeah i'm i'm i was i'm not big into bob marley in the first place um so i just don't think that one's for me you know right but there are some people where that's your jam and you know you know you're deep into that lore and and you know you love his music and his history so i could see some people that are like that but i'm like you i never really got into his music i'm aware of it and i know it exists all right let's get into mission impossible dead reckoning part one i believe this is the seventh movie in the mission impossible franchise if i'm not mistaken um let me get to this it stars of course tom cruise uh being rain simon Pegg, uh introducing as far as into this um storyline Haley atwell uh grace um who's a new character uh y'all may know her as you know um peggy Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) my marvel stands they know her um but uh yeah so Haley atwell's in this rebecca ferguson reprises the role of ilsa falls vanessa kirby is the white widow uh i think Isam morales is gabriel who's like the big bad but if i'm not mistaken i don't remember him in the other movies maybe i missed it but they do like this thing where it's almost like what's happening with all the other long story uh action franchises where they do a flashback that's not isn't something we've never seen before but then it's like before it all started this is where it started for real for real and this man has history and they go way back that makes sense because i was like i don't remember any of this (laughs) okay yeah so i don't i don't know i was like was i not paying attention at all doing these movies Mm -hmm. and they do this a lot i think a lot of franchises do this and we've just kind of come to accept it you know it's a way to add to the story without i guess truly adding to the story Uh, right um and those are your main stars uh the plot is uh what this is in someone put the plot synopsis on imdb in spanish what el agent el agente de operaciones ethan hunt regress <laughs> assumption okay let me go back to the top and see what the other one is ethan hunt and his imf team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands um i'll do a, my version of the plot which is uh, uh uh artificial intelligence has uh that a super powerful artificial intelligence has been able to infiltrate every last like system on the planet and um it is falling into the hands of uh it's so powerful that it made a russian uh submarine sink itself like by by messing with the systems to start some type of you know international incident and this system apparently has like uh the submarine had an artificial intelligence inside of it and the way to access it was with this like mcguffin key that had two parts and you got to put them together and that's how you can get in there and get the, the to the whatever the ai system is and shit um and it's up to tom cruise and, and his mission impossible buddies to get the key figure out what the key is to which is the submarine and uh figure out how to stop this this super powerful artificial intelligence before it's too late and it attacks all the systems in the world uh i think what do you think that's mm-hmm. good stuff yeah, okay. that, yeah that, that's good enough all right uh let's get into things we like karen give me something you like 
100% Tom Cruise. I do not know what it is about that man, but it's just something where I believe that nigga is Ethan Hunt, and he will be Ethan Hunt for all times. Um, it like you say they it's a it's a running joke and i think statistically and, and they've actually done it but they basically like the longer he runs in the trailer and he ran a lot in this trailer they was like the more on average the more money the movie makes mm-hmm. and so it's one of those things where it was worth it just worth him running this nigga was running on the top of an airport and i was here for it uh tom cruise literally steals the show being ethan hunt and i am here until he can't do it no more or he fucks around and hopefully he doesn't die on set or some shit like that i am here to the end tom yeah i think it's interesting because a lot of the pr and the rollout and even a lot of the the reviews i've read on like uh the headlines of them on like riding tomatoes and stuff almost all of it's really just about tom cruise he's patron saint of movies you know he's mr i'm gonna say the movie theater he's the the guy who puts his life on the line doing stunts just so we can all gawk at our screens for a couple hours a a a summer or whatever and so i i think the goodwill he's engendered it pops off of the screen like it's not just his performance as ethan hunt it's not just the 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 movie and because we see stunts in a lot of movies but it's something about knowing this dude's dedication that it, it it works in a way that's not really about the film to some extent but at the same time is completely about the film because he's so dedicated to making these movies uh thing that worked for me uh stunts yes. um not just the tom cruise stunts i think you know people there's almost too much said about tom cruise stunts and it detracts from just the general stunt work throughout the entire movie mm-hmm. like impossible mission impossible has the most um uh at least the last probably like i say the in general they have the most like thorough thought out stunt work and in this uh my favorite being ghost protocol but in this one um it reminded me sometimes of ghost protocol because a lot of the stunt work in this film is about when how much things go wrong mm-hmm. and like specifically uh, there's a car chase where Haley atwell's character grace <laughs> is driving the car and it's like comedic but it's also like if you stop and look at it and just appreciate it it's also tremendous stunt work mm-hmm. it's tremendous choreography tremendous like blocking and kinetic pacing so that you can follow the films like at this point this is like watching like lebron james in year 20 yes where i'm almost taking it for granted watching how effortless they make this look where you know so many and they and they've done it so many times they're still coming up with new ways to make a car chase fun and in this case being like hey what if it was a bad car chase but it's still fun like it's good when it needs to be then it's funny when it needs to be um and uh the odds and oohs are all there and that's just one scene like the train stunt scene yes at the end where they're the train is literally falling out from the underneath them on the bridge that's amazing um the um the, there's just so much like uh the the way he got onto the train with the jumping off the, oh, yes. the mountain like all all the stunt stuff is just uh, so great that that like the action that that shit just is amazing yeah and uh uh i got i got another one too but to piggyback on you when you were talking about the car trace 
we love a good car chase scene and there's so many people to do car chases and sometimes the car chases could be somewhat boring mm-hmm. and somewhat um like they do the same thing over and over again they might have multiple car chases in the movie but it's like okay y'all aren't doing anything different anything new anything unique or anything we have not seen before we've even seen car chases with small cars Mm -hmm. but nothing like this so i agree it's kudos to them of being so creative and thinking so outside of the box that they can even take things that people have done before and actually step it up a notch right and so i just appreciate that like you said people take it for granted but it's one of those things where i'm not trying to find a mission possible almost does this better than anyone else mm-hmm. and like it like as far as like a movie franchise even better than the fast and furious in my opinion when it comes to like like you say clean cut stunt work you know type of thing and 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 yes it's over the top like fast and furious but it don't hit the same right oh and uh my thing is it was funny i did not expect it to be this fucking hilarious Mm -hmm. there were times in the movie theaters i just busted out laughing and i did not i think out of all of them this is the most i've ever laughed doing the movie you would almost think it was a comedy Mm -hmm. particularly tom uh cruise and uh grace's i mean ethan and grayson's grace's uh chemistry was wonderful together Mm -hmm. the cat and mouse thing made it perfect uh it's it's like they picked the right uh co-star uh for him uh to be able to do a lot of the the stunt work and 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 do a lot of the things uh with him but not overshine him but also have their own agency at the same time which is very very hard to do for women most people fuck that up um and so i really do uh appreciate yeah, I think, that i think tom cruise has excelled lately at least the films he's been in or the whatever like a lot of times they it does they don't just try to make like some woman his love interest soon as she shows up not that there's never any like romantic chemistry type situations but they never fully go there i don't think he kisses anyone in this movie Mm -mm. um even though they do that stare into each other's eyes moment a couple times Mm -hmm. but there's but you know hand to the cheek or something but there's never any like they're not sexy movies uh in the way that you know um movies used to be and and but in a way a lot of times that shit was very problematic it was like a dude shows up he's a hero you better fuck him girl this woman won't everyone wants to fuck this guy and so for it to like have evolved to that level especially as he gets older as a 61 year old man Mm -hmm. it might shouldn't be just about like every fucking hot lady on the screen is it's not james bond you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah i definitely uh like their chemistry together um and uh yeah i definitely thought it was funny as well and a lot of the funny wasn't really even on him to do it's just you know like and and like i said it's like lebron james at this point it's old hat ving rain simon Pegg, like it's tom cruise the chemistry the timing it's all just like picking up you know it's riding a bike for them uh when they film these movies um yes and also one thing i can say is kudos uh to uh peggy uh uh because her comedic timing was perfect i like out of all the scenes i think my favorite one has to be the car chase mm. uh because it was like uh, literally all the comedy fell on her yeah and she fucking nailed it 
yeah and i think also they ask a lot of these actors because the plot and the and the, and the motivations can be kind of thin sometimes because so many characters at this point and a lot of this is like reference to older movies and stuff and Haley just came in and, and started swimming you know she just started double dutching with the best of them like she had been there the whole time mm-hmm. um uh, another thing that worked for me is it's beautiful it yes. looks great it's what movies are for the big action sweeping scenes the stunts the fucking ridiculous fighting on top of a train like all of it looks good everyone it's, it's also one of those movies that truly believes in like making people movie look like movie stars so like anytime tom cruise is on the screen that he can be in like a suit they put him in a suit you know anytime he's about to do some action shit they they got him dressed up in like some fucking action under armor shit you know um all the fashions and hair and 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 sets and all this stuff is just gorgeous and i think in a movie like this with where action is going to be so much of what it's about it needs to make me feel like damn this shit looks good because we've seen them do so much now that it's you can't just throw him in the desert and i'm just automatically intrigued but make that desert look amazing and now i want to see it yes um and uh speaking on what you what you were gonna say and i have another one in this kind of i guess rehashing what you what you were saying but i want to emphasize on this particular piece I this was the first time I had ever really wore my glasses to the movie theaters because most I y'all know if I've had these glasses for a while most of them I do not wear them wear my glasses to the movie theater but I was like you know what I'm a I'm a get in the habit of wearing my glasses more often so I decided to actually wear my glasses to the movie theater and Roger is right the glasses uh they actually just sharpen things like it made it actually sharper uh then it was before not i could see the screen but it actually made it sharper so like roger said when you start seeing things they literally just burst and pop off of the screen for me almost like never before because i was literally seeing them through a new set of eyes with my glasses on Mm -hmm. and so for me i agree i appreciate them polishing it up and shining it up and 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 making it look glitz and glamour because for me this is why i go to the movie theaters you know like i go to the movie theaters for this you know and i know there are some movies that are greedy but the whole thing is greedy type of thing but they're like we're not going to be greedy like that we're something different and i appreciate them standing in their lane and giving me that and uh my thing my next thing is you kind of talk about it but i specifically want to talk about the fights because it kind of go along with the actions but the fights in this one was outstanding particularly the alley fight that he had with the two people and and that's that thing where you said like lebron james we've seen fights we've seen fights close up we've seen fights where people couldn't move before but this shit was fucking different i can't explain it. it was just different and it was one of those things where Ethan was getting fucked up and Ethan was fucking people up all at the same time and it was and it was one of those things where yes it was shiny he was in the suit but it was also greedy you know because that that's that's that gritty piece that sometimes action movies don't always excel at it's like some of them they either real good at action not good at gritty or it's all grit and and the action is almost like a second thing and also the thing I liked about the action and I do appreciate this is that it was fucking lit there's nothing worse than them doing dark ass scenes you can't see a motherfucking thing i think this is pointless i think that's also because uh it wasn't that much of a reliable on the like 
superpower ai type stuff so with it being grounded in a type of realism um to a certain extent of course it's a hyper stunted realism and all that but it wasn't like let's do this film let's record this scene in the dark let's do this one in the rain let's do this one underwater because uh, the cgi we need a uh, uncanny valley we need to make sure that it looks a certain way with this one i think you can just do all this stuff like this because they're just humans to a certain extent right. even with all the fighting and stuff you don't have to worry about any of them glowing or like f- jumping up kicking somebody then flying five stories in the air and they're coming down like it's just mostly like simple stuff your eye will believe um another thing for me too i wanted to particularly say uh and we'll see what they do with part two but like it kind of feels like maybe they're gonna hand it off to like Haley atwell maybe or at least set it up so that this franchise could possibly continue without uh tom cruise at some point and if so i think it's been deftly done so far like it wasn't like with this being part one of i guess two um it felt like you know it what the goal wasn't just to like throw this woman in here and be like it's yours now like i feel like we've seen that blatant type of switch before um that felt more definitive than this you know like when die hard tried it with um fuck the dude from what um, that shit the was dude from terrible. avatar i can't remember his name mm-hmm. but yeah but you know like there's certain films where they you can tell they, did it, they tried to do it with indiana jones and that shit was bad yes too. yes and shia labeouf in that case but you can kind of tell when when that vibe is coming and i didn't feel that way it felt like sh- she could be part of the crew but to me like they may actually literally hand this thing off to her to end of the next one possibly um and she had all the charm and funniness that would make that kind of a cool idea now i don't know if they'll really do that i feel like you know uh we who knows what what the plan is but it just made me think about that uh anything else for positive for me uh i actually enjoyed gabriel as the villain and the biggest reason why is because y'all know me i like a villain when he show up you just don't know what the fuck to expect and you got that with him like even though you know ai artificial intelligence you know he kind of quote-unquote knew everything but it was just really cool to watch him go yeah i'm a villain but i'm also gonna fuck shit up he was killing people he was going at people he was like yeah if i'm gonna be the bad guy i'm gonna be the motherfucking bad guy i'm not gonna have you know henchmen do everything for me and i love a good villain to be like fuck it i'll do it myself and i appreciate him i think my favorite scene with him was fighting on top of the train because he was doing shit like pulling out the knives on the side holding the knife still swinging with the knife like he was just like hey if if we gonna do this we gonna do this and i appreciate him uh 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 sticking to i am a villain there's nothing about me good there's nothing about me redeemable (laughs) you know i'm not gonna be your friend next time i'm just here to cause chaos and fuck shit up and i appreciate that um anything else for me yes i also uh and because i actually like the choreography with the uh scene in the alley uh shout out to the, the, the character to play paris uh because it's one of those things where uh she was one of them people where she was so over the top that it was almost uh comical 
but at the same time i appreciate her being over the top because you know she was kind of second in command to the villain and the villain was over the top so i appreciate her matching his quarter of some kind of energy per se in that sense like yeah she was a henchman and it's also one of those things but i like that they give kind of women agencies you know she's like yeah she could take punches but she could also uh uh, she could receive punches and give punches so i appreciate uh that particular character i like palm clementine uh she also plays mantis in the guardians of the galaxy oh that's who that is okay Mm -hmm. uh you can keep going anything else Mm -mm. okay all right let's get into some dislikes um i'll let you go first you got anything you disliked yeah i uh and i know this might sound strange but i actually wanted a little bit more of benji and luther it -hmm. was like because i understand them bringing a new character on with grace but that also kind of took away from their screen time because like i said they not that you don't you don't get to the entire movie which you've never have it's one of those things where i'm just used to them being more apart and connected to ethan in a larger way like they were there but they were almost second natures so when it was on the screen it the camp like like you say like lebron james it was like this is fine like like this is why i come here and then they slowly start doing separate things which was fine too but it was just for the fact that i just love all of them being together and i think part two is going to kick it up since they've got grace in they've kind of introduced her to the world and you know quote unquote go get a train i think we're going to get more of them next time because they don't have to take story away from them for the other things they had happening yeah uh i definitely hear you on that i think also like that's kind of been a staple of the franchise the last few times is that they actually their parts are not as big as they used to be and a lot of times they are in the film as long as they used to be and this time it got a like it was it was like i just almost started laughing in the theater because ving rain's character just literally is like i have to go somewhere where i'm totally i'm not even going to be on the screen because i'm going to be so far away from y'all taking and i'm going to come back with the solution in part two i'll see y'all at part two everybody yeah that shit was the best um so for me i think the first thing is i i disagree about the villains i actually thought the villains got didn't get enough time and they didn't have enough lines and personality to me um and i would have liked those villains especially if there's going to be two parts if or how many parts i want them to be more epic than they were and the history that ethan and gabriel was supposed to have it felt like it was they were both too cool about it like i i needed someone to be over the top um and especially with the stoic silent type that gabriel was we never really get to hear his monologue his villain motivation we hear from other people that speculate to like oh he's just evil and he just don't want to see he wants everyone to have death i he should say that he should have a moment during the fight or something that where he gets to say that um and uh i would i think that would have been better you know um and especially since you handed out some of the heavy fighting action to palm clementine's character paris so since so he's not very a physical presence he's more of a brooding presence and we don't see anything that makes you think he can go hand to hand with tom cruise henry cavill uh, henry cavill 
gave us something in in his villain turn that felt to me so much fresher and deadlier and i loved him as a villain dog yes. that fight in the fucking uh bathroom. bathroom yes and it brought the fucking it brought the movie it elevated the movie up another level to see henry cavill do that mm-hmm. and i don't feel like gabriel gave us that and i can agree palm clemente's character paris i thought she got the physicality but she didn't get no lines really she didn't get to say much she didn't get to like it was like a lot of just you know stoicness a lot of it looks good to see this woman with like you know paint on her face and a sword like it's like a cool bond villain type thing but i wanted her to get like say some shit and you know even when she quote unquote betrays her people and helps tom cruise it in addition to them literally putting it in the plot and telling you it was gonna happen <laughs> it, it honestly also feels like why like it like what's the real connection that would make you like flip for this dude um because he didn't he, he didn't kill you in the alley and now you're completely on his side even though you've been killing people all day like that was enough so but if she could talk more if she had more like even if she had more words between her and gabriel you would have like an inner monologue of like oh she's starting to flip as opposed to just like she flipped because the script needed her to flip you know um so that was my main thing was that i think the bad guys are just uh they they needed more lines and and we needed to hear from them their motivation they may be saving it for part two but i think you should go heavy up front you know i agree i agree i uh and like i said i enjoyed uh the character of paris and i enjoyed gabriel but 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 i do agree that in order for us to actually care like i said i enjoyed them playing the roles you got to give them a backstory like you like like that's not an option you even if it's in a flashback you got to give us a little bit more backstory on the characters it's, i mean if, i mean it but like this if we already dedicated to two hours what's 10 more minutes i'm not trying to be funny to right. actually fill us in on them it didn't even have to be long it could have been flashback for kids anything but for the fact like you said we just get them in now in and the they, present and most importantly is just they don't get any scenes to really shine like acting wise they get a lot of like oh dark brooding you know and maybe this is just a because of covid and the filming but like they get a lot of dark brooding moments and a lot of like ooh, the heavy music is playing but it's not like owen davian you know philip seymour hoffman's character in in mission possible three where he's not even a physical threat and you're like okay that's a villain that's an evil motherfucker and it's all through monologues and talk speeches and shit august walker that was um that was henry cavill's character you know so i think that kind of stuff is is what really brings shit to the next level anyway um did you have any other negatives Mm -hmm. it's it's your turn also i uh did not like that the late that the character that played isa Mm -hmm. was basically brought there to die yeah they brought ilsa Faust back rebecca ferguson's character now she's been in a few of these movies at this point so i don't know if they just wanted to get you know like that's it for her her right and it's also interesting because um they they fake us out with her death early and then they kill her later right. and it does feel like well what was that what was the point of even faking it first death okay i thought i was the only one i was like this doesn't make sense yeah like like she deceased but no she's really alive and now we actually really gonna kill her 
right it's like okay well then you literally just bought her here to die yeah she's been in mission she was mission impossible rogue nation mission impossible fallout and then this one so this it was like they were bringing that character back i think to finally just wrap up her story right because i'm about to say she's not in every single one of them like uh vin rays and simon has been i think vin rays may have yeah didn't even do like the first one or two of them but once he was there Mm. he was there from there on forward if i'm not mistaken i don't remember uh so i don't want to i don't don't know oh no problem Uh, yeah because i might be wrong but you know i don't think he was there like for all of them but i do think that uh uh when he hit the ground running it it was just on and popping uh and my last thing Uh, oh it's my turn okay go ahead um i think it was too long it's like uh, almost three hours um as much as i enjoyed the pacing with the action two hours and 43 minutes felt like they could have cut some stuff mm-hmm. especially like some of the talky parts it, it, i guess it's gonna move into another like negative but some of the talky parts to me in addition to being vague kind of like like lesser action movies have done those scenes and they're nebulous and it's just like it's a rogue ai and it doesn't feel like to me like these are very specific motivations that make you go oh this is what i'm expecting in the next scene or two i didn't feel that when i'm watching the movie and and i think uh there were times where i almost was like just get to the fighting like we don't we know that you need this guy to betray you or we know that you need this we know you all gotta we know you all gotta get on the train so let's just get to the train and sometimes the movie was really good at that like in the opening uh action scene not the submarine scene but the opening action scene with um in the desert Mm -hmm. there's plenty of times where you could tell they just did a jump cut where it's like tom cruise is laying down someone shoots at him next thing we know he's already on his horse they chasing him through the desert on their horses they didn't stop to be like and then he ran to where his horse was and he did this and so sometimes they're really good at that especially when it's action but when it's not action i didn't find i thought the dialogue and the plot and the writing was so thin in those places I can see because that. they weren't even being funny the action is the fun stuff the funny the jokes mostly happens during the action right so you're not getting a lot of like comedy stuff and some of it was so transparent like there's a scene with all the suits at the like cia type deal and they're all in the offices and they're all talking and they do that writing thing where like literally everyone is finishing the same sentence it's like so what i'm saying and maybe y'all have noticed this in movies too but where it's like where they're saying that the rogue ai has uh caused such a and then another person that wasn't talking is like and a rogue ai uh like that could infiltrate every system on america and that's precisely and then the next person starts talking the point so the that's why we need to do and so that kind of writing to me feels like kind of like lazy exposition to the audience Mm -hmm. that isn't truly like um because people don't talk like that it's right it's not giving the actors a real chance to really act it's it's just pure like hey audience we know y'all not gonna be able to keep up with this so we just gonna tell you the plot but seven people gonna say it with quick cuts and then it's gonna make it seem like they're having a conversation that they're not and i think you know other times they found really cool ways to deliver that information with it's feeling like a scene like right two people talk like where the bad guy sits down and talks to like that's where you have 
you should have a gabriel sit down across from ethan and tell him this is what the fuck i'm about to do and it gives him a chance to do a monologue and us to get to know the villain and his motivations but also it as an audience is good exposition that feels like it could happen as opposed to they had a lot of scenes like this like even the stuff with ethan and the crew a lot of the scenes mm-hmm. were like exposition because they were talking about con- it's, it's a submarine it's an ai the submarine had artificial intelligence but it was hacked and then it's this organization and then this person and, and as opposed to just like um you know having a writing dialogue that felt like people were sharing the the screen together and maybe that's the issue maybe they weren't because uh, of covid that's true too oh my thing is that briggs and degas was pointless like i don't mm. mean no harm it's like why are they even here briggs and and yeah briggs which one were oh yeah the dudes that were like chasing them mm-hmm. but they were kind of good cops pointless. and i really do like that actor by the way Me too. um the the white dude i forget uh mm-hmm. shay shay wiggle yeah we've seen He's one of my favorite stuff. actors but mm-hmm. yeah it, it's it, like they didn't give them nothing to do yes uh, another thing for me was um oh wait nah i think this is covered yeah that's it this, basically the plot can be kind of confusing because they got so caught up in like it's an ai it's this and it's that and i really think the ai undercuts the villains i don't know what yes. they're gonna do in part two but with the ai being the bad guy and it just makes the villain seem like a fucking placeholder it it would have made more sense to me as Gabriel if halfway through the movie Gabriel pulled off his face and he was a robot underneath. I thought that was gonna happen actually. Yeah, and I think that's not gonna happen, but right. I because that's just not what in my Mission Impossible don't do shit like that. But it would have made more sense uh, to me because the fucking AI feels like a placeholder that makes Gabriel and Paris not as dangerous. They just. <gasps> i can see that it's like so y'all just want to do what the computers say that makes no fucking sense and the ai needs people to do everything it needs to do so it's you know it's not skynet where it's just like taking over the systems and drone bombing everybody this shit is like no i need y'all to come get me out of the submarine and it for the life of me it just doesn't make sense that this dude wants to do this especially since he didn't tell us why he wants to do it it just right, it's like yeah, right, what that, the fuck is the plan dude yeah. you want to end the earth why what is your motivation yeah. you shot tom cruise friend a long long time ago and now you want to end the earth years later why what the fuck so yeah what's your motivation yeah i'm with you on that one. yeah that kind of bothered me uh with the ai thing but uh I'm, that's it for me that's it for me okay all right let's rate it zero to five i get this a four i had a ball i had a blast it was fun i laughed i oohed and odd you know they they, there was shit happening like um uh the the train was going down the track and Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden they looked up and they seen these they seen like the uh they showed it they showed the audience the timers on the track and i looked i said oh shit because i just didn't i don't know why i did not see that coming and so there was a lot of i did not see that coming happening and i had a ball uh yeah i also would give it a four it it was really good it's a mission possible film it's tom cruise at his best it's what you want to see it's not the reason i'm not giving this like a five and shit is because there's mission impossible films that i think are better than this that are five protocolism yeah yeah i'm like like, i think that's one of my personal favorites yeah like there's a few where i'm like god damn y'all did that and here's the other reason i can't give it a five it very much does feel like a part one 
yes it didn't give me it felt like we were gonna reach a conclusion that wasn't really a conclusion um and and like to be continued was just gonna pop up on the screen Mm -hmm. and it kind of ends like that which is kind of unsatisfying after two hours and 40 minutes but at the same time like i'm he knows i'm coming back i'm i got faith in the crew and i'm willing to go back and like look at this score again if yes. the second part is so good that it makes the first part make a lot more sense because mm-hmm. right now i feel like i'm just kind of suspended on my take because i'm like how there might be a chance where gabriel really does become that dude in the second one and i'm like oh this is a villain and we saw the beginning in the other part and now it makes me think fond more fondly of part one agreed but uh without seeing part two i can't call it right now same um so that is our uh that's our that's our scores give me one second here all right so let's look at y'all's feedback the first uh movie review we did that we got feedback for spoiled movie review 455 indiana jones and the dial of destiny sandler agony writes a pretty long comment here he says we really didn't need another one of these regardless of our opinions on the of crystal skull which happened this series ended in 1989 with the exception oh wait did we read this already i think we may have okay mistaken we did maybe we read this i'm i'm not sure i don't know why that sounds familiar maybe yeah. i might have read it in the i'll thing. keep reading it just because okay. i don't remember for sure no problem uh the exceptional last crusade in which connery and ford were 12 years apart in age i found memories of both crusade raiders to a lesser degree doom watching these growing watching these growing with family so i had a big fondness for indy i did like dial of destiny i did not outright love it not because spielberg or lucas weren't creatively involved them not being a part of this couldn't fix the flaws here so i'm pleased with what was done here also i'm seeing some crystal skull revisionist history and i ain't with it i'll just leave it at that anyway yeah it was good anything that didn't involve harrison being da's just didn't work for me to be honest the lighting is a problem for me if those scenes were done in the light i'd probably feel differently it looked too artificial to me which is unfortunate because the opener in textbook is textbook indie really huh that's interesting i I thought this de-aging tech was some of the best i've ever seen so yeah i think and i really think to me it feels like if we didn't know that like if there was some way to erase your mind to where you just didn't know that you just thought they had filmed this shit and never put it out mm-hmm. i feel like most of us would be fine with where the aging tech is now it's, it's just, a lot better than it used to be mm-hmm. it's just that we can't not know so we know sam jackson is really 70 or whatever the fuck so we can't our mind can't accept that this is, this is what 40 year old sam jackson look like too but that's just me maybe maybe you don't even feel that way but that's just how I, i'm like because when i watch it i'm kind of like yeah that's really good that look come a long way but that's how uh, I feel. yeah it didn't bother me when and, and i think the other reason it didn't bother me is because it seemed like clearly they didn't have him do all those stunts and shit Mm-mm. so when he was younger indy they must have had a body double type person that that did all that work cause, some, some of it they did yes yeah they must have when michael douglas and robert downey jr received that treatment in the mcu for their de-aging moments it looked good some of the imperfections did pop out but not how they did in destiny film did need to slow down but i understand that mangold and his fellow screenwriters were going for here to trudge the story alone this nigga is old and harris harrison did that well my man was even out here thirst trapping in the 60s god bless him god shouldn't bless the screenwriters for killing antonio banderas and seanette renee wilson's short-lived characters damn i didn't like that banderas could have been a useful payoff to the final act which i liked otherwise 
yes this shit is a stretch a big one i it wasn't like how the last one did it's weird third act i guess my explanation is this felt indie to me i admit it could have benefited from some subtlety or may and maybe not have been so paradoxical it worked on me indy wanted to pull a fred sanford and uh stay with archimedes uh glad helena punched the shit out of him and kept things grounded in reality somewhat i didn't mind these characters being out of their depth maz mickelson however deserves a bit better because he's so good at villainy the script didn't give him more to stretch his intellect into a material further yeah that's the other thing he didn't seem smart at all he just was following them um and then once they got to the third act and they hit the past he seemed so fuck he seemed so stupid like and not just him all the nazis were so stupid, stupid. that it didn't make sense to me like Mm-mm. okay well then go through the portal and figure it out next time these niggas just start fucking bucking at the damn ships and shit it didn't right. make no sense no it did not same for the rest of the villains i like phoebe waller bridges kleptomaniac ass here never seen her act before while her character could have benefited from having more gravitas just like Ford's indy dealing with his grief and mortality she did fine the young actor ethan isidore was fine nothing special it's like 20 30 minutes too long and even two hours would have been perfect instead of it being an hour 54 i mean 154 minutes long no uh wonder the budget is more inflated than the damn zeppelin over 295 mil Ooh, word did they even make that back? No way. Okay. I don't know. Not that I heard of, but maybe, maybe. I, I don't, I've right. been, I've been, that's a huge budget. I've been trying to do this thing where I don't talk too, I, I try not to read up on too much on the like budget and the returns on it Mm-mm. because sometimes, especially before I see a movie, uh-huh. but like that's not the thing that determines if it's good to me i'm not investing in these movies i'm just watching them right at this point just retire Andy. don't reboot it or remake it if you want to do a helena shaw-esque feature okay i just don't know how you pay it off this is the middle child of a long-running series i like this it did benefit from some lowered expectations but let this die it had a great run i don't mind reboots i know a lot of people not trying to be funny they get in their feelings about these things and i'm not saying this person was yeah. but they be like don't reboot shit it's like okay nigga like did like you do you know half the shit we watch sometimes was fucking reboots what are you talking about and so it's one of those things to where i don't mind the rebooting it just don't use him or use him as like that was my uncle my great or something like that like he does not need to be the star of the show uh yep i agree um i I can't i feel like i've read this before but we'll go to this one plain uh sandler agnes says appropriate as title i'll tell you that much plain is just so basic even for impossible white man film if this was some poorly done drama it'd be right up there with the flash as my pick for the worst film of the year but this mildly held my interest mike Coulter was fine gerard butler also was fine could have done without the forest father daughter storyline wasn't well developed tony goldwyn did his job basically anytime that man's on screen i know off jump the shit will not be on him 110 percent commitment could do worse in 2023 um and then sonic the hedgehog uh he says better than it has any right to be fun fact the vfx studio that redid the sonic design mpc a studio in vancouver shut down before sonic's first ever movie in 2020 wow glossing up the t- titular character obviously came at a cost but yeah it's a fairly decent entertaining romp basically anchored by ben schwartz solid verse voice work and jim carrey playing dr robotnik as if he and fire marshal bill had a kid it worked right it shouldn't be playing the doc like some straight man would just be too boring for this yeah i agree and for those people like me who played the cartoons 
there's no way you could have did a straight person for that the people who like watch not the cartoons watch video games they'll be highly upset it was like this this character right here is like literally the villain of the series and he's over the top why are y'all calming him down yeah i think some people were upset that he wasn't like comically fat but I, i'm like it's kind of a weird thing because like Eggman is in the in the thing is like a fucking egg like nobody's built that way nobody and you could explain that as some type of suit or some shit like it didn't seem like to me this wasn't a this wasn't like when someone skinny puts on a fat suit to play a historical character or something right and it's not based off of a quote-unquote person either yeah that's what i'm saying right yeah um uh, film needed more natasha rothwell luckily the sequel rectifies that somewhat and tika sumter out of all the actors did feel left out a woman that gorgeous can't be left alone and she's talented she's played as michelle obama for christ's sake anyway in the long list of video game movies this is one of the better ones and lastly extraction two now this is a solo review i did Sandler Agnes says pretty much my sentiment with the bland story bland bad guy and too simple dialogue a kid dumber than bricks and a callback that was better off on the cutting room floor and Olga Korolenko's Mia being there for me her being introduced didn't move the story for me um i thought the first one was better more colorful more memorable sequences however if chris hemsworth starts a genre featuring people punching others with the literal flaming arms yes nigga i'm here for this it's solid throughout hemsworth is just a consummate professional doing this work it's often said actor x doesn't get enough credit during a certain genre but hemsworth just has the juice for this while he has plenty of moments to shine i'm super glad gold shift this farahani got to put in some work also that was what missing for in the first movie so it's super earned that a woman got to go impossible white man here swear to god they built her ass like solid snake with the way she was absorbing them bullets <laughs> she and hemsworth had the robitussin off fast and furious would have fucking never idris elba better be getting him some of this in the third film with his nondescript ass yeah i'm a little worried about that because idris elba character feels like he ain't getting in that field Mm-mm. you know you feel like Ben Reigns and the possible white man I mean in Mission Impossible <laughs> just expositioning us with nothing here glad his check cleared but do something more player it's fun gives me a thrill and it's a legit good Netflix franchise simple as that alright that's all our our comments uh, that we got and we thank y'all for the feedback and we we'll do. be back with another sport movie review soon until then peace peace